0: So I'm excited to, uh, to to share with you here for uh, two weeks in a row. Thank you for last week. I promise. Uh, I promise we aren't going to dive into quantum mechanics again like we did last week, um, but we are going to talk about a topic that I think I, I think all of us have some measure of understanding with. And we're of course with with it being uh, Halloween today. What better opportunity than to talk about fear, right? And we've all we've all we've all had experiences of. Fear in one way or another. And as, as we get going, there's a, a scripture that I want to have, uh, the Psalm 119 scripture, if we could have that up together, or have it up on the, on the screen here. I want to read this all together. So if you can, just we're going to start right in with the, just so you know where we're starting on this. Whenever I work with kids, you always got to tell them where we're going to start, because some of them are like, well, wait, are we saying 130? Are we saying, th- uh, wh- how are y-? So pardon me if we get very detailed with this. But let's say this together. The unfolding of your words gives light. It gives understanding to the simple. Man. I love the word unfolding. You know, you think, of, you think of it like the note you got whenever it was, you knew you were in school. You know, high school or elementary school. They pass you the note. Like, you don't know what it is. There's this anticipation. You know, and you, you open it up. <laughs> so, <laughs> you open it up and you read it. And all it's like, oh my gosh, you get this either. You know, sometimes it's wonderful information, sometimes it's uh, not so wonderful information. I laugh because, I, and I'm not, I didn't even think of this as an example, but. So in high school, I had some friends where we, we kind of, you know, in our high school, senior year, you got to choose your classes, you know, that you could kind of go to to some extent. So we decided that we were going to do this vocabulary enrichment class together, right? And so, uh, <laughs> so. So we decided in the class, and the teacher was kind of cool, you know, cool teacher, you know, so we would, um, his name was Mr. Escher. So we decided, we had this habit where we would draw these very weird, strange pictures and pass it to each other, you know, just as a note. And the idea was you're trying to make the other person laugh in class, right? So (laughs) at one point, my friend draws this picture, and he hands it over to me, and I I open it, and, and I laugh, and I close it real quick and uh, he sees it. He's like, gentlemen, what do we have here? You know, he comes and he snaps it, and I, I tried to fold it back, and he, he unfolds it. You know, it's, there's that, the unfolding, right? He unfolds it, and all it is is a crudely drawn picture of a box of french fries, and it just says, french fries, yum, yum. <laughs> and so he reads it, and you can tell, like, he, he doesn't exactly know how to process the information at first of what he's taking on. Like, is this honest, honest to God, what you're you're passing to each other, right? Like, this is, this is, this is what I'm dealing with here. And he's like, what's wrong with you? Just stop doing this. <laughs> you know? But sometimes the, un, the unfolding, there's that anticipation. And the word of God can do that for us in our lives, if we let it. I think we talked about the opening last week that God's a gentleman. He's not going to force anything on you. And sometimes I wish God would force more knowledge on me. Because I found that in my life, my Christian walk, there's things that I can remain ignorant of, and I don't know anything about, and I can, God will let me stay there as long as, as long as I want to. He'll give me the opportunity, he'll give me chances to change, but it really comes down to it's up to me to explore something further. So I can hear his words, but I could never sometimes unfold them. I can have them impact me, but until I really make the effort to apply it, I'll never have that additional light, that additional understanding in my life, unless I'm the one that takes the time to really think through it. I'm the one that takes the time to accept it. So I encourage you today, whatever you hear, you may, you may, be, going through, we may be going through this message and you may, hear just, you may hear something in your heart. That's the Holy Spirit. I prayed a lot that the Holy Spirit would speak to you. I don't know exactly what everybody here needs to hear, but you know what God does. He knows your life intimately. He says that he knows how many hairs you have on your head. If you're going to take the amount of time to know that kind of detail, you know the person inside and out, and he knows you inside and out. So I encourage you today, let his words unfold in your heart, however they're supposed to. You know, with the, 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 the idea of light, you know, and you're talking about fear, you know, I think back to whenever I was a kid, you know, and like most kids, I went through that phase where I was afraid of the dark, you know, and uh, I, I, you always have that time where it's, you know, you can't fall asleep whenever I was a kid, you know, and the, the lights are out in your room, you just have the dim light from, you know, maybe something in the hall or maybe outside, you know, and your mind starts to go, right? And in that dark room, what was the instant cure to your fear? Light, right? As soon as you turn on the light, okay, now I see what I'm really dealing with. You know, it wasn't a monster's arm that was crawling out of my closet. That was the shirt that my mom told me to put away that I didn't put away, and I just left it there, right? You know, there wasn't a bat on my curtains. That was the sock that I'm really not sure how it ended up there, but boy, it's... It's, it's right there, right? And the face in the window that I thought it was, whenever I turned the light, it was nothing. It was just shadows from the streetlight, nothing nothing, nothing else there. You know, the creepy doll, though, you know, the creepy doll is still creepy whenever you turn the light on. You know, like, man, my, my, my one grandmother had, like, this one, a couple, a couple of these dolls throughout their house. You know, whenever it was, like, you know, the, at night, whenever I was a kid, it was like, my word, why do these things exist at all? You know, they're, they're, they're just as bad with the lights on as the, as the lights off, right? But you might say, well, you know, okay, fear, you know, that's, that, that's kind of an elementary thing, you know, that we deal with. But you ever notice that some things that you encounter, and if you encounter fear whenever you're younger, it shapes the way you view something in the future. You know, there's a, someone I know, they, they were afraid of swimming, afraid of water. And it came down to that, they, they, as they were talking about, they said, you know, my mom would always tell us we live nearby a, a pretty big creek. You know, my mom would always say, you be careful with that water, it's really strong. You be careful with that water, it's really strong. And so he said, I realized that I became so, aff- because my mom constantly said that, I was afraid of the water. Now here I am, you know, in my 30s, and I'm still afraid of currents and water. And I think this is the thing with fear in our lives. Because you might say, well, I don't have this, you know, this crippling emotional response, you know, of being afraid of something that I encounter in my life. But I I found that fear is a master at hiding and a master at disguising itself. Because what I wouldn't consider fears straight away that I deal with in my life, I might find, well, why why do I always get frustrated or angry at this situation? Why is it always this situation? And then whenever we're really honest with, with God about it, whenever we're really honest with maybe our spouse about it, which, boy, that's always easy to be, right? Just totally open and honest whenever they point out a really good point, and you're like, yeah, no, it's definitely not that. Or that friend that really kind of lays some truth on you, and you're like, yeah, you know, I, 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 thanks for giving me that point of view, and you're like, yeah, I'm not thinking about that. No, but... You might say, well, why do you, I, just, these situations just really get me upset and really get me mad, but really what it is is you're afraid of the outcome of that situation going in a way that you can't control. And so your reaction to it is anger and frustration. Or you don't like what that outcome of that situation is going to produce in and of yourself. You're afraid that you're going to turn into maybe your mom, maybe your dad, maybe someone that you don't want to be. And so your reaction to control the situation is, anger. You know, it's interesting. My kids my kids right now, they love watching the show Cesar Milan Dog Whisperer, right? And so this guy, the the show is this guy goes and he, he works with these dogs that are otherwise utterly uncontrollable or just in these situations where the owners can't do anything with it. And it's amazing within the amount of time that he comes in and he assesses it and he's able to work with the animal. And mo- I mean, in watching it, most often people say, well, my dog is really aggressive. It's just... It nips, it barks, it bites, you know, always just, I, I can't control it. And it's amazing, every single time, he says, your dog's not a, uh, aggressive, your dog's afraid. Your dog's responding to the fear with aggression, because it's trying to control the situation around it. And, you know, as I'm watching, I'm thinking, huh, isn't that, isn't that a lot like us as people? We try to control a situation with frustration. We try to control it with anger. Why? Well, maybe because we don't want somebody to step on our turf. Or how about this? What about just general anxiety? I just feel anxious about that situation. I don't like thinking about that. I just I get all worked up. I get all worked up. And we want to call it anxiety, but really it's fear. Now, you get to a point where you're having anxiety attacks. You know, as someone who's experienced it, sometimes you don't need a reason. Anyone ever been there? You know, it's just... I just all of a sudden got the anxiety. Well, what is it from? I don't know. <laughs> some just existential dread. And you start manufacturing these reasons of why maybe then because you're looking for a reason to be anxious and fearful. Why? Because there's some unresolved area of fear in your life that has gone on through this time and you're not dealing with it. Or how about this? Avoidance. Whenever a certain situation comes up, a certain person comes around you, You don't want to hear what they have to say. You don't like the situation, so what do you do? You avoid it, you shut it down, you kind of push it over to the side. Well, what is it? Well, I'm afraid that I'm going to have to deal with some things and have an uncomfortable situation that I really don't want to have. What I'm trying to get across to us is fear is not necessarily like fear of some physical thing. I'm afraid of the dark. A lot of times, our emotional responses that we give have some basis in fear of something that happened within our life that we didn't like. But fear is a really, really, really good at disguising itself with other emotions on top of it. You know, I'll throw this out too. Another, Another one is actually judgment. Whenever we see someone doing something Or we see the kind of life that they have. and really comes down to that we're fearful that we'll never achieve what they've achieved or have what they have. And all of a sudden, instead of looking at the positive things, we start picking apart and judging. Well, boy, they must not have any time for their family if they're doing all that. They must not be able to, boy, I I doubt that they have any life if they're able to do that. Well, what it is, really, you're just trying out of your own fear to level the playing ground and not put judgments against them. Well, I hate the way they act whenever they get into this situation. Do you really? I mean, is it is it that big of a deal to you? But here again, fear will make you behave in some weird ways. Whenever I go through the Bible, I always like I always like taking a look at uh, I, I like taking a look at the these characters that we know really well. I always like to put myself in their situation and really kind of thinking through what was the actual appreciation of what was going on there. Um, as I give this example, if you could turn in your Bibles to Proverbs uh, chapter one, verse seven. We want to look at a. He's not in Proverbs one seven, but let me give you the example, and we're just going to take a look at Noah. We all know Noah, right? Noah's the guy that built the ark, had the animals come in. God kind of did the soft reset on humanity, started over with Noah. Noah, Now, Noah, first off, let's, let, let, let's, let's, let's get the idea of the time period that Noah is living in. God described, and hear this description, God described himself as regretting the creation of man, of mankind humans, because, he said, every thought and intent of their heart was on evil. That's a pretty big statement. Now, here's Noah, one dude that's trying to live righteous in this time period, where everyone else's thought and intent is on evil. Not exactly the neighborhood that I want to raise kids in, right? Right? But check it out, more good news incoming. God, creator of all with unlimited power, has a special message for you, Noah, sent with top priority. I'm sure Noah's ready to hear this, looking for maybe some encouragement. You're going to help me, right, God? God says, Noah, I have decided that all living creatures must die. Winking emoji, right? (laughs) There you go. But good news, Noah. It's all going to be on you to build a boat, and you're going to gather two of everything in it so that we can have Earth version two. Good luck. See you in 120 years. All right, so, you know, but sometimes we don't think about this, you know, the, the actual, you know, how, how do you receive that if you're Noah? What are you thinking about? So, I mean, maybe Noah goes through, like, okay, let's, let's check the state of things. You know, okay, state of the earth. Every thought and intent is on evil. Okay, so it's about the same as Philadelphia. Check. Got it. Likely to be mugged while making the ark. If you're from Philly, I'm just sorry. I'm not sorry for what I said. Um, <laughs> no, just kidding. But seriously. Um, no, so the... The state of the earth, the existence of all things, is sentenced to death. Check. Other plans that God has for backups on this. None. Check. State of Noah's own well-being. You know, you probably, like, did a, just a, just a soft review, and his eye probably just involuntarily twitched just a little bit. I mean, in all honesty, do you think Noah just went about, you know, oh, man, this is going to be so great. We're going to build the ark. You know, we're just going to do this. It's going to be perfect in light of everything going on in this world. I'm sure as he gets the instructions for building this, he has the fear of, look, at these, other, these other people that live on the earth, they're going to want to destroy this. I mean, everybody only wants to do evil all the time. There's a lot of pressure on him. Noah, you're basically saving Everything that God has made, the only good part, you are, you are now responsible for that. I mean, he's probably thinking, what, what if I don't get this done in time? What if my family dies before this? What if I mess this up? What if he decides in the middle of the project that I'm not the right guy for the job? What if I do something wrong in the meantime? There's a lot of things that you could become fearful for. There's a lot of questions you can ask. I mean, I'm sure he thought, you know, God, do I really need to save the small breeds of dogs? You know, things like that. Do they really need... No, just kidding. <laughs> I'm going to get in trouble for these Philadelphia dog comments here. But we know how the story goes. And you might say, well, you're taking some, some, you're, you're taking some liberties with this. Yeah, I am. But I also know that Noah was a human being. And I'm also a human being. And I can gauge some of the reactions that Noah may have had with that kind of interaction with God. In that time period that he was in. I mean, in some ways, we think, man, society is bad today. I, 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 I don't think we could hold a candle to what Noah was going through during that, that point in time. But what I think did, what Noah did is he took what, we, what God had spoken to him, and he gave that as a greater importance than what the situation and circumstances and the fear that he may have faced in his life. And I think we saw Proverbs 1, 7 in operation there before it was even written. More so than the environment, more so than the poor outlook, more so than the possible failure states of anything that could have gone on, he had more respect for what God gave him to do and told him to do than the fear that could have been in his life. It says in Proverbs 1, 7, you could read along with me in your version, In the New American Standard Version, it says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Fools despise wisdom and instruction. And I think a lot of times this knowledge, as you gain it throughout your life, it tempers fear. And that happens naturally. Things that you encounter that you were once afraid of, you have less fear of them whenever you know more about them. Spiritual things are a lot like natural things. The two are very, very, very much the same in a lot of ways. So in the same way, the spiritual state of being that I'm in, if I don't feel that I'm in a good place, if I'm worried about things in my life, if I have anxiety on things, well, there's two pieces of cure for that kind of fear, knowledge and light. And I get both of them from His Word. If you don't get anything else out of today... I want you to know that the fear that you have in your life, the anxiety that you deal with in your life, or again, maybe, it's, maybe that fear has masked itself really well as some other kind of emotion coming out. The cure to that is not going to be conversations with other people. The cure for that is not going to be reading another book, unless it's focused on God. The cure for that is not just going to be continuing to exist and just dealing with it. The cure for it is knowledge and light, and that's found through the word of God. To give you an example of knowledge, whenever I was uh, growing up, I, I played in the woods all the time. So, as you, as you begin to play in the woods, you learn a lot about the outdoors through people that you're with and then your own experiences, right? So we would go out, we'd build, we'd build tree houses in the woods, and, you know, as you build the tree house, you learn slowly but surely exactly how much you can trust a tree branch as you're going to build that tree house. You also learn exactly how high up off the ground you can fall without getting too hurt, right? But as you go through and explore the woods, you begin very quickly to learn exactly, not just the particulars about the woods that you're in, but things about it, such as you can identify pretty quick, hey, that hole over there, maybe not a good idea to go stick your arm in it, Right? You learn about the plants. You learn about, you know, most of the time, everything in the woods, do not eat, right? Do not eat. But you learn about some of the animals that you might encounter in the woods. You know, you learn kind of quickly, if you're over here, the difference between, you know, some of just your harmless gardener snakes versus some of the other snakes. Ooh, I'm not sure what you treat it with. You treat it with a different respect because either you don't know what kind of snake it is or you do know what kind of snake it is. But going throughout those... Living and, going, living and growing up through that, I knew the woods pretty well. And so, whenever I lived in Oklahoma, my cousin, my, my aunt, uncle, and the, uh, my cousin came to visit. And my cousin was a city boy through and through. I mean, total city boy. So, we did, I, I decided, hey, we're going to go out to the woods. I want to show him some things in the woods. There's this cool, you know, grapevine swing in the woods, all those kinds. Of, I, I mean, I love playing in the woods. So, I was going to show him, you know, what I thought was fun and cool. Oh my gosh. So this is a kid that never went into the woods at all. So every bug that flew by or was around was venomous. Every plant that brushed up against him was poison ivy, right? Every rustle over in the leaves or over in the grass or something in the tree was a snake that we had to watch out for. Anything that brushed by him was biting him, right? Well, why was he so fearful of every single last thing in the woods? Because he had no knowledge of the woods at all. So to him, it was perceived with fear. Why? Because I don't. He didn't know anything about it. So everything was misconstrued from what it actually was into this grand giant. Now you have some fun, right? So with with someone that's that that's okay. So here we go. So you guys know little uh, harvest men, daddy long legs, you know, the, they're not poisonous, they're not the most venomous thing out there, they're not, okay, they can't even, they can't even break your skin by biting it, so of course, you know, as he's walking in front of me, what do I do, you know, I, I see one, so you know, you get it, and you're holding it, and you're just waiting for the, for the right moment, so you know, just right on the shoulder, right, so that thing gets to his neck, <laughs> and uh, I mean, I didn't ask him if he needed to check his shorts, but I tell you what, he, <laughs> he flips out. And I mean, the thing bit him four or five times, you know, as soon as it got to his neck, right? And of course, it's like, of course, then, you know, we, that was the end of our, our woods trip, you know. And <laughs> we had to go back. I knew that there was nothing there, but to him, it was catastrophic and life-ending, Right? And I, and I think sometimes fear does this to us. Is it warps situations that we really don't understand the entirety of. And so we produce these outcomes of what it has to be in our life. What it might be like in our life. Meanwhile, God, we, we, we totally forget God in the equation. And we're so focused on what we think the outcome of that is. We forget the factor in that there's a loving God that said that all of our needs are met and found in him. There's a loving God that says that he gave his son, who's the prince of peace, the wonderful counselor, the healer in our lives. But we're so focused on what we're afraid of and our initial reaction to that situation that we really don't know everything about, that we're more consumed with what we see and what we experience through our emotions than really what the truth is. Remember, we're talking about his word giving light and the fear of him giving knowledge. So just in that situation for, for my cousin, he didn't understand. He had no knowledge of the woods, and so everything became fearful to him. For me, hey, I was in my environment. It wasn't anything, anything unusual to me. But the tricky part about fear is that whenever we encounter it, a lot of times it makes us listen to outside influences that otherwise we would give no mind to. All of a sudden, whenever we hit, we're we hit with something that really impacts us, and I think, I'll be honest, I think, I think 2020 with the coronavirus showed a lot of this. Some people encountered it with, some people were very afraid. Some people had good reason to be, some people did not. But they began focusing on just the bad parts of everything that was going on. And all of those bad things just stacked up one after another, one after another, one after another, until it was this massively insurmountable societal issue that we're facing. And in their lives, they're totally, totally stricken and controlled by fear. I mean, relatives that would not visit anyone or refuse to see anyone because they're afraid you might've, you might've been by someone that had, had, had COVID and I might get it. And if I get it, I might die. But you see, fear warps your perspective. It makes you focus on things that otherwise you would pay no mind to. It creates artificial obstacles. And here's the thing that I'm convinced that the enemy wants us to have in our life is fear about things in our life. Why? Because if we can react to things in our life that we don't understand, maybe something bad happened to us and we don't know why. So now we're afraid that God may not come through on his promises. That's, I'm telling you what, nine times out of 10, guys, demons are not like actively working in our lives 24-7. Most of the time, it's just one little thought. Here, go ahead, take this. And by the way, take that hammer to hit yourself in the head with. Okay, well, that looks like a, I guess I should be afraid of that. And then we go to work. There's nothing left that he needs to keep on doing. It's us that continue to do it. The fear continues to create more and more obstacles until there feels like there's this separation with me over here in this island by myself and God distant over there, and I don't know how to get what he has. Yeah, I know that the Bible says That he wants to bless me. I know that it says that he can comfort me. I know about the blessings of God. I hear them on a Sunday morning at church, but there's this constant gap that they never become the reality in my life. Why? Remember, we're going back. His word, the unfolding of His word brings light, and the fear of the Lord brings what? Knowledge. I want knowledge. How do I get that gap closed between what God has for me and where I am at? Why is there distance there? But see, a lot of us, here's the thing, a lot of us sometimes what we want is we want the quick instant fix. Give me like the five scriptures that I need to say and then I'll be there. Give me the quick little thing that I need to know. Give me that one service. Who's going to pray for me? How can I get hands laid on me? I, I, I just need to be free of it right now, right now, this is it. Meanwhile, we're asking for something that we have spent literally a decade building obstacles in front of us to get to through our reaction of fear in our lives. Through the reaction of just letting things pile up. I'm going to tell you the good news today, though. God, in his love towards you, the power that his word has, it can undo those obstacles that you've placed in your life. His word is powerful. We sang it this morning, sharper than any two-edged sword. But here's the thing that we need to know. If, here's your two edges, you ready? Sometimes in order for you to cut that problem down, you have to get cut in the process. If I really want God to work in my life, if I really wanna get honest about this, I have to stop being afraid that I'm going to get corrected because I'm going to guarantee you, I'm going to let you know, straight up here. Okay, you can write this one down. If you want to live a Christian life, you will be corrected. Why? I'm human. I don't know about you, but I don't do it really well. You know, I need some help understanding what should I do, what should I change. As you go into God's Word, I'm telling you this today. If you will let it be honest, where it divides the thoughts and intentions of your own hearts, all of a sudden, whenever that light unfolds within you, you will start to see the parts of yourself that you've let go on for too long. Sometimes it's almost kind of laughable, like, why on earth would I let that? Why would I be afraid of that in my life? I tell you what, there's a promise for just about every fear that you could possibly imagine. God matches it throughout the Bible. Well, where? Where? You're going to have to find it. That's the part of it. If you want the one that is specific for the needs in your life, you have to want it enough to find it yourself. I, I, could, I don't have time here on a Sunday morning to go through all the promises. I don't know all the individual needs that we all have, but here's the beautiful part. The Holy Spirit does. God loves you so much that he has those ready to give to you if you go seek them to find them. If you allow, God, you know, here's that Proverbs 1, 7 scripture. Here's the essence of it. The fear of the Lord is the beginning knowledge. That's where to say, whoa, 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 whoa. If I have anything that I should show some respect and fear for, it's him. Why am I putting all these other things ahead of him? If I put, God, I, I know I deal with anxiety. I know you said that I, you, are the, you, are my, you are the prince of peace. Lord, help me change the perspective that you are bigger than what I am feeling. Will it go away instantly? No, but sometimes we have to retrain ourselves that the focus isn't on the things that cause us the problems, and it's on the solution of him. I'll be honest. God's word is so multifaceted for what it can do for you. There's so many different ways that it can apply itself to your life. I'll give you an example so, in, in, there's a psalm that says that uh, I will praise you for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. And I, th- I thought about that. I took one day and I was like, I'm just going to think about that for an entire day. I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. And it was, whenever I was at Bible college, I, was, I just spent my day thinking about this. And then in about two weeks later, I started the, I started to get sick. The scripture came back to my mind, and the Holy Spirit just kind of nudged me. He said, something's fearfully and wonderfully made. Do you think it should be sick for very long? No, I don't. I didn't think of that before. All of a sudden, the unfolding of his word gave me light. I guess that's, yeah, Lord, your word's more true than your word is true. Well, if that's the case... I tell you what within 24 hours the symptoms of what I was feeling went away. But why? You say, well, maybe you just got better. Okay. Well, go ahead and keep giving glory to the to the situation rather than having the fear for him. Because to me, it was the application of his word that overcame the natural existence of what I was in. And I think that's what I want to encourage us today. This Bible that we read it is not just words on a page this is more reality than what we experience in our everyday life. If we let it, here's the thing that I talked about before, God will let you live your life however you want to live it. But I will tell you, if you start putting this first place, and even whenever you encounter situations and problems, instead of the first reaction being, well, okay, well, what do I need to do? And you start to, how how do I feel about this? No, 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 what does the Word of God say to it? Is that easy to do? No, I'm at least for me it's not. And you know what? It's okay to have some friends to encourage. Hey, whenever I get into these, uh, I start to talk about this. Set me straight. Don't let me keep talking like this. Tell your spouse. Hey, I I do that. Amanda and I do that all the time. And you know what? I'm gonna be. Hey, if I if I get off on this, you got to bring me back. Remind me what I need to do now. That's great whenever I'm not experiencing it. And then, like, whenever you're experiencing it, and then, then she gives the reminder, you know, it's it, all of a sudden it was I, wait, did I tell you to do that? Why would I tell you to say this to me? No, 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 no. Iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens another. You need those kind of people in, our, in your life. And that's why, even here at Community Life Church, it's so much of a, a focus for us that we want to be together. We have all these things to get involved with and be part of. Why? Just so we have time and we can be a nice social club? No, because there's a benefit to us being with each other and interacting with each other, hearing about what's going on. Why? Because I can rely that the Holy Spirit can speak to somebody else's heart and then share that with me. If I let it. And that's where we need to be. Fear's gonna come into our life. We're not we're not guaranteed. we're never going to experience it. But what we do with it and how we react to it is what is most important. And what we know about God's word for those situations that we come into will make all the difference in the world of whether or not we're dealing with that situation in a dark room where we're coming up with all these imaginary monsters everywhere or whether the lights are on and we see clearly exactly what the situation is. If you could, I want to close out, close out with uh, a scripture in Isaiah forty two. Or I'm sorry, Isaiah forty one. Isaiah forty one, verse ten. Maybe sometimes for some of us, we just need to take God at his word. And what he said is really the reality of the situation rather than what we feel or what we experience. The Bible even says itself, it says, says, we walk by faith and not by sight. That's a really easy thing to say, but whenever we're in the thick of it, it's another thing to do entirely. But here's what I can encourage you. If you're willing to put up the fight, the Holy Spirit will help you. Does that mean that your emotions are going to stir and everything is going to feel different? No, it might be a very ugly fight. In fact, I'll be honest, the walk of faith in our life is not always the prettiest. You think of the example of the voice of the martyrs, you know, these missionaries that go into these countries. I'm going to tell you what, it's not all just, you know, win after win after win for some of these people. There's a missionary that shared a story that, he and his wife went into an. It was a, a tribe in Africa that very little, very little interaction with. And they go in to share the gospel of Christ. So they're trying to get in and, and develop a relationship with this this group of people. And so, whenever they're in, uh, the husbands attacked and they gouge out his eyes. Where's God in that? I'll tell you where God is. Because after that man recovered he went back into the village, same one that did it. And whenever he went back to that people group with the gospel of Christ, they all repented. And they repented because if they couldn't believe that someone that they did that to would actually come back and then still want to share a story of eternal life. The entire village is then saved there was a different reality for that man about the word of God than just even his own physical body. And that challenges me in my faith. If that was me, would I have the courage, would I have the tenacity to hold on to the truth of God's word, to really go back and do that, to share the love of God with those people? It's a hard question to answer. But to him that spiritual reality was more real than the physical reality that he was in. And I tell you what, whenever the Bible says that there are some people that this world is not worthy for, I think he's one of them. And I'll ask one other question. Do you think his reward in heaven outweighed what he went through in his life? Absolutely. It was more real to him. That was more real to him than the reality that he's in here. And that's what we need to do. Fear wants to warp your reality, but if you let his word, God's word, give you light, and the fear of him give you knowledge, the respect of God give you knowledge, you will overcome the reality that you're walking in right now. It says in Isaiah 41.10, and as, we, as we close out with this, the, the praise and worship team can come on up. This is God speaking, he says, do not fear, for I am with you. Do not anxiously look about you, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. Surely I will help you. Surely I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Behold, all those who are angered at you will be shamed and dishonored. Those who contend with you will be as nothing and perish. You will seek those who quarrel with you, but you will not find them. Those who war with you will be as nothing and non-existent. Here's verse 13. For I am the Lord your God who upholds your right hand, who says to you, do not fear, I will help you. Sometimes, guys, we need to take an attitude that it doesn't really matter what is going on in our life, and sometimes that's God. He says, I don't care what's going on with you. I don't care what the situation looks like. I told you, don't fear. I'm with you. I'm well aware Maybe the question for us is, is what we're going through greater than what God can do in our lives. And if the answer is, I don't know, well, then the cure is in here. The entrance of his words, the unfolding of his words brings light, understanding to the simple. I'll give you one more. You might say, you know what? My life, the stuff that's gone on in my life is stuff people don't want to talk about. I've never found anybody else that's kind of gone through what I've gone through. It's, it's a unique mess. It feels pretty hopeless. I just want to share this scripture with you, and it's in it's an Isaiah as well, Isaiah 54, 17. It says, no weapon formed against you will prosper. And if you start to dig into that, that scripture in the Hebrew... It actually means no weapon that is specifically formatted to your life will prosper. You might say, I have some unique things that I don't know exactly how God's going to be able to help me. God knows about the exact weapon that was formed against you. And he says that it's not going to prosper. But at the end of that verse, it's interesting, it says, it says, Their vindication is of me. So if you have a weapon that's been formed against you in your life, your vindication is only going to come from God. He is going to be the perfect counter to it. And so if anything, I can just relay again today in this message. The unfolding of his word brings light to your life. It gives understanding to you. The fear, the respect, and the reverence to say, God, what you say is bigger than what I am experiencing. That is the fear of God. And in doing that, it produces knowledge. So the path that I set out for you from this, it's up to you. Maybe it's starting to come to some of those prayer meetings. Maybe it's coming to some more things that the church is involved in so you can be around other people of like faith. Maybe it's picking this up in reading it. I say, I don't know where to start. Start with Psalms and Proverbs. Good general instruction for life. And as you start to read this, this will become more real to you than the circumstances that you. So as we close out today, the most important part of what we're going to do, if everyone could just fire your head and close your eyes, no one looking around, everyone being respectful. I'm going to give you the opportunity to make eternity the reality of your life. To know for certain that whenever you leave this plane of existence on earth, that you will enter in to the heavenly kingdom of God. To know that your sins are forgiven. Bible says the only way to do that is to ask Jesus Christ to be the Lord of your life, to accept him as your savior. So I want to give you the opportunity today here in the room and you watching online. If you've never asked Jesus Christ to be the Lord of your life, I want you to raise your hand now. It's nothing to be ashamed of. It's the greatest decision that you could possibly make, and it's available to you right now. it's a good thing to pray. It's just a recommitment, but I want to be sure for the folks online that they know what a prayer to accept Jesus Christ is like. So everyone in here, it seems like we're all we're all born again. We have Jesus as our savior, but if we could pray this together, that would be a help. Everyone say God, I ask that you would save me. Jesus, be my savior. Forgive me. Make heaven my home. For all of eternity, I believe in you, Jesus, that you can save me. Amen.